We're thankful for you taking the time to study the Word of God with us today. If you have a Bible, you might turn to Joshua chapter 1 in verse 1 through 9. We're going to take our lesson from that text today as we study about courage. Sometimes we are discouraged in our daily lives because we don't have the courage to carry through with what the Lord has called us to do. And currently we live in a, a time that's very difficult for most of us. And fear sometimes takes over uh, in doing the, word of, the will of God in our life. We live in a day of pan, uh, a pandemic uh, that causes fear in people's hearts. We may have an illness or some other financial difficulty that causes mental stress and therefore discourages us from carrying out the will of God in our life. Perhaps the death of a loved one has caused us to cease uh, doing what God has asked us to do. Perhaps we're living in fear because of some strained family relationship and we're afraid that doing the will of God may further uh, harm that relationship. We may even be people of faith. We have a, a measure of faith in our life. Perhaps we have read the word of God. Perhaps we know what he's asked us to do, but we don't have the courage to step up and to take the first steps of walking in faith. There is a point though that we need to take that step. We need courage in order to push the button so to say, to begin the task that the Lord has asked us to do. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And so the Lord here has commanded Joshua to be strong and of good courage. What does courage mean? What is the definition of courage? Well, the, defini dish, the definition of courage is to have a strong and undaunted mind. A strong and undaunted mind. That doesn't mean we're not afraid, but what it means is we've got a resolute mind. It's the opposite of what we might call having weak knees or sinking knees. It's having a downcast mind. And so courage is the, the mindset to do something that frightens us. Doesn't mean we're not afraid, but it means we have a mindset, an undaunted mind to do what we've been asked to do, to be courageous as God has said. Now then, as we think about Joshua, he presents unto, to us a very uh, unique lesson in courage. Upon Moses' death, the torch of his leadership was placed on Joshua's shoulders. In Exodus 34 and verse 10, it says, There arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Imagine the pressure that was placed upon Joshua's shoulders. And even the scripture says there was not another prophet like Moses in all of Israel even a, a person that God would talk to face to face. And so now Joshua has been asked to take that responsibility. And so there's a lot of pressure put upon Joshua's shoulder. And you can imagine as God gives Joshua this task, 
that he has to take Joshua by the, the lapels and say, listen to what I'm telling you. Pay attention to, to what I'm telling you. Be of good courage. Be strong and have that undaunted mind. <clears throat> and so as we study about courage, there are four things in this passage of Scripture that we can learn that will help us to have good courage. The first thing is that we need to understand and we can learn that our courage rests upon a clear assignment for God. When we have a clear assignment, then we can be of good courage. In Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over Jordan, thou and all of this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. You see, courage is always associated with an assignment. And here God gives to Joshua the assignment <clears throat> that is to carry on the assignment that Moses had. Courage then is associated with a mission or a purpose. You're not courageous just to be courageous. People aren't courageous when they sit on the couch and eat potato chips. But courage is called for when someone is given a task to do or an assignment. And God gave Joshua an assignment. This assignment was the same assignment that Moses had. As for Moses... Moses was a man of God that was given this task, but yet this, but Moses died. Nothing of God died though. The mission of God didn't die. The assignment that God gave Joshua was the same assignment that he gave to Moses was to take the children of Israel into the land of promise. Today, a virus has changed a lot of things. It's turned the world upside down. It's upset our routine. However, your mission in Jesus Christ has not changed. Your mission to glorify God in your life has not ceased. It has just been carried forward into a different situation. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This implies that we should step out in bold obedience and faith. We should have courage to carry out the will of God, the good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should do them during good times and bad times. We must continue the mission of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ at all times, even during times of a coronavirus but we need courage. We need an undaunted mind, a mind that says we're going to do the will of God. Even though we're afraid to step out, we're going to do it because God has asked us to do. The lack of our courage comes from not seeing our mission. And when we forget our mission, 
then we become frightened and we're afraid and we don't have courage. Our courage is based upon our mission. Number two, courage is the assurance, is it rests upon the assurance of God's presence with us during that mission. Notice in verse five, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And so God has promised Joshua that I'm going to give you this mission, but I'm going to be with you in this mission. Notice again in verse 9, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God never calls us to do anything apart from him. When he calls us <clears throat> to do his will, he gives us an assurance that he will be with us. We become frustrated because we think that we're called into some insurmountable task, some great uh, mission to do, and God will not be with us. If the Lord gives you a task, he's near enough to give it to you. He's calling uh, into this mission is a statement of his very presence that he is with you in the task that he has given to you. Being a child of God or a servant of Jesus Christ is not a job or a task that you accidentally step into like a mud puddle, but it is given to you by a God that comes with a special sense of his presence. Do this, follow me, and I will be with you in that mission. And so the, re the presence of God is a real thing. And so when we begin to doubt, when we begin to think about that mission and we say, well, this is too hard for me. What if I fail? What if I can't live up to the expectations that God has set before me? And what if, and we, we say, what if, and what if, and begin to make excuses. Notice the writer of the book of Hebrews as he describes several things in this chapter as he talks about living the Christian life and not doubting about God being with us. And he says in beginning in verse 5 of chapter 13, let your conversation, your manner of life, be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And so as we live the Christian life, if we step out on faith and live like God wants us to live in glorifying him, God assures us that he will be in our lives, that he will be present with us, that he is our helper. Do you think God would leave Joshua high and dry after giving this this assignment to him to go into the land and take it over. Do you think God would forsake him in that mission? If God has called you to be a servant of his, then he is with you. So we need courage. That doesn't mean that we're not afraid. What it means is that I trust in the divine resources more than the resources of man. That God is with us. Put it this way, a young boy may be afraid of the bully, the neighborhood bully that picks on him, that, that 
torments him. And this boy may be afraid of the neighborhood bully. But if you stand that boy's father with him, that young boy can whip the world. He is no longer afraid of the bully because his father is with him. And you and I, as children of God, can carry out the will of God when we know that God is present with us. Thirdly, our courage rests upon focused determination. In other words, we have to be focused in our mission that God has given to us. It's interesting to notice verse 6, 7, or the, the passage that we're talking about. In verse 6, God tells Joshua to be strong and very and courageous. In verse 7, he tells Joshua to be strong and very courageous. In verse 9, he tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage. Three times in one passage, he tells Joshua to be of good courage, to have courage. He repeats it three times. And when God repeats himself, he wants your attention. He wants your attention. Now think about Joshua for a moment. Joshua was a man of faith. Joshua was a man of faith. He walked out of bondage in Egypt and crossed the Red Sea with the children of Israel. He saw Moses enter on on top of the fiery mountain in the presence of God that everyone else feared and returned with the tables of stone with the law of God. Joshua was a man whose courage motivated him to take on the giants of the land of the land of Canaan that God had promised to give them. And yet he had enough courage and enough faith in God to wander in the wilderness for 40 years with his people because of their lack of courage. And now here is Joshua, who has watched his friend, his prophet, his mentor, his leader die and not get to enter the promised land because of his sin at the waters of Meribah. And now God has given Joshua this great task and laid it upon his shoulders. Now you can see that Joshua needs some courage. What if the task is too big? What if I can't? What if I mess up like Moses, who was a great man? What if? What if? And God, in this passage, takes his hands and looks at Joshua in his face and says, be strong and courageous. You know, sometimes when we need the attention of our children, we have to take our hands and we turn their face toward us and we say, listen to what I'm telling you. Pay attention. Focus on me. And God is doing that with Joshua. And three times he says, be strong and courageous. We can learn this lesson also from Peter. As Peter's focus changed uh, from Uh, from his task that was given to him. Peter, as he is in a boat tossed about, uh, he sees the Lord and he's afraid and he says, Lord, if it's you, 
let me come to you. And then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. That's Mark chapter 14, verse 28 through 30. I find this interesting because a lot of times we have a mental picture of Peter getting out on calm waters and he's walking on this calm water to Jesus. And that would be miracle enough, but the waters weren't calm. The waters and the wind was boisterous. That's when he says he looked at the wind and the waves and they were boisterous. But notice how they were before he saw Jesus. In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. So they were afraid before they even saw Jesus. The boat was being tossed around, and they saw Jesus. And Peter said, let me come to you on the water. And he began to walk on water. It wasn't calm. It was boisterous. The winds were blowing. The waves were crashing, and yet Peter was walking on this water. And then he looked at the waves, and it says he began to sink. What changed with Peter? Was it the wind and the waves? No. They were the same. What changed was Peter's focus. What his mind was set on, what his determination was set on, that changed. He quit looking at Jesus. And he began to think about himself and he began to think about the turmoil that was around him. You see, the condition of the sea and the waves never changed. But Peter's focus changed. And generation after generation, the storms of life that surround us as, as it has since the beginning of time keep crashing down on us. And we need to focus on Jesus and not let it deter us and our courage will be increased when we're focused on Jesus. The next thing we can learn is that there, our courage is anchored in the word of God. It's anchored in the word of God. Notice in verse 8. In verse 8. He tells Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You see, success here is determined by our relationship with the truth. By our relationship with the truth. And there's three observations that I want to make out of this one verse in the Word of God. The first thing is that we need to proclaim it. We need to proclaim the word of God. And here he tells Joshua, let it not depart from your mouth. As it's worded here, some might read that and say, well, don't speak it. Well, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, and it's interpreted as, keep God's word always on your lips. Keep it always on your lips. And when you speak, speak the words of God. Too many people expect a godly life a godly home, a godly marriage built without the word of God. It cannot be. 
You cannot have a godly life without the Word of God. You cannot have a godly home without the Word of God. You cannot have a godly marriage that's not built on the Word of God. And so we, as God's people, need to make time alone with God a very sacred and unchangeable thing, a very routine thing. You see, you deserve to hear from God every day. And the people that are around you need to hear the word of God, the very word of God that you have consumed. The second thing we can learn about the word of God is that we need to speak the words of God. Let it always be on your lips. Uh, meditate on the word of God. That's the second thing. Meditate on the word of God. Paul told Timothy this very idea. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Meditate. What does word, the word meditate mean? You see, in order to speak the word you have stored up within you, you have to meditate on it. Well, the word meditate literally means to revolve in your mind. That's what the word is interpreted as, to revolve in the mind, to make it go around and around, to meditate. And we think about, sometimes we hear the saying, let it go in one ear and out the other. Kids do that. We say something and it just goes in one ear and out the other. That's not meditation. Meditation is it goes in this ear, and it revolves in your mind. It stays in there. And it, 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 you think about it and you pray about it and you study on it and you, you dwell on that word of God. And then when it exits, it doesn't exit out the other ear. It exits out your mouth in the word of God and it exits out your life, out of your life in your living, your manner of living. That's meditation. And we're to meditate on these things that it would profit those that are around us. In order to speak the word, you have to store it up within you. Make it the background noise of your life. You know, sometimes people sleep, they have to have a background noise that gives them security. Make the word of God that background noise in your life. And then when the troubles of life come, when the storms and the winds of life blow, you can turn up that volume and you hear the word of God in your life. <clears throat> it directs you. It gives you courage. The third thing is that we have to do what is written. God told Joshua, observe to do all that is written therein. And so he had to speak it. He had to proclaim it. He had to meditate on it. And then he has to do what is written the number one occupational hazard for a Christian as a servant of God is hypocrisy. That's the primary fault in our Christian walk is not doing what God has asked us to do. The integrity of your life with Christ Jesus is everything. So you have to practice the truth that you're proclaiming. You have to do what God has asked you to do. In James chapter one and verse 25, he said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, be not a hear forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. So 
we're instructed that not to be a, just a hearer only, but we hear God's word and then we're obedient to it. That doesn't mean we're not afraid. That means we're going to saddle up anyways. That we're going to take that step. We've got to take the step to do what God has asked us to do. God has given us an assignment. And he has asked us to do it. And he's promised that he would be with you during this assignment. And he's asked you to focus and be a doer of his will. Now we should be strong and of good courage. God is with you. As you serve him every day, God will be with you in completing his will. So take that step. Be strong and of good courage, just like Joshua. <clears throat> Feeling that pressure of that, that assignment. And God says, be strong and of good courage. Here's your assignment. Be obedient to it. I'll be with you in it. And I want you to stay focused. And hopefully these things will help you be strong and of good courage. If you're not a child of God, God has called you to an assignment. He has asked you to be obedient to him, to be a child of God. He has asked you to be buried with him in baptism. In Colossians 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Be buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith in the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Being buried with him in baptism is him making you new again. <clears throat> it's being born again. And he has made you into a new creature in order to do his good works that he, is pre, that, he is, that he is foretold that you would do. He's, he has a mission waiting for you. And he makes you new by being buried with him in baptism. And I'm going to tell you something. When you do this, God assures you of his presence. Notice he says you're buried with him. And you're risen with him. And you're made together, alive together with him. He's with you in this obedience. We pray that if you're not a child of God, if you haven't been buried with him in baptism, that you will have the courage to take that step and be a child of God and serve him each and every day of your life. We pray that these things will help you to be strong and of good courage.